Hi everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Irish Knicks Fan Podcast where we talk about beer, basketball and business and not necessarily in that order. I am your host Brian Evers and let's get right into it. So first of all we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the absolutely incredible overtime win for our guys last night against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, we almost threw it away multiple times, uh, but we willed ourselves to the finish line. And I would say probably the most exciting game of the year so far. Now, we are four games in, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But once we kind of finish going through that, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the new book that I'm currently reading called Thinking in Systems and my, my current takeaways, although I'm only about halfway through the book. And then we're going to finish off this week's episode, or I guess this of many episodes that you'll be getting this week, with the return of Craft Beer Corner, uh, with a little bit of a twist. So with that in mind, let's get into it. Uh, So the game started, um, and it was very clear from the beginning that we were the significantly superior team. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets have come in, and they've been spiffy, you know. They uh, were 2-1 and one going into the, tonight's game when they were missing their all-star point guard, LaMelo Ball, and had a number of backup players, really. Uh, let's call it spade a spade, um, you know, playing their hearts out and really trying their best. But there was multiple moments throughout the game where it was just clear. There was a gap in terms of the quality, in terms of the level of talent on the floor, and just the overall execution. Uh, But with that said, we still almost threw the game away uh, multiple times uh, throughout the evening. So uh, RJ started a little bit shaky, as always, in typical RJ fashion, uh, with two turnovers back-to-back. And I thought, oh no, here we go again. But he was, as usual, able to figure it out and get out of his own way uh, and finish the game with 22 points that had every single basket was at a very important part, uh, kind of critical moment in the game. It's been interesting to watch him work through this so far this season because clearly he's better than he was last year. Clearly he's put a lot of work in in the offseason But there's still just certain parts, certain moments in the game where he's forcing things, he's he's not really playing in the flow of the game, and he's trying to do his Kobe impression, which sometimes it works and sometimes just leaves me scratching my head. Uh, But as I said, he did get his act together in the second half, finished with 22 points. He had a couple of really big plays. There was one specific notable dunk that I thought was a real momentum changer in the game. It was off a brilliant Jalen Brunson pass with a roll to the basket and just mashed it um, with authority. So uh, that almost made me fall off the couch and I I made some noises that I didn't know I could make. (laughs) And like, if anything, his watching him go through the motions and work these things out and, and, you know, gradually get better as the game goes on and uh, just makes me root that little bit harder because we're just trying to basically shorten that gap between whatever distance he has going into the game to the all-star level shooting guard that he always plays like in the second half so let's uh, keep a close eye on that for the next big game against the milwaukee books on friday this is our first big test i mean the books are 
one of the favorites to make the finals this year. And maybe RJ will use this as the moment to announce that he's going to have the best year of his career to date. And uh, let's see, fingers and toes crossed. But Julius Randle had another amazing uh, performance. Uh, the numbers don't really tell the full story because he finished with 16 points and seven rebounds, but much to RJ's chagrin, um, what I'm seeing is there's a shift and Julius is really reestablishing himself as the spiritual and emotional leader of this team. Um, he did have a isolation basket um, right at the end of regulation to tie up the game and uh, ultimately bring it into overtime. And honestly, every single time he had the ball, it just seemed like he was bigger, stronger, and more dominant than anybody that tried to guard him. And honestly, I think that if he can keep up that level of aggression and that intensity all season long, he could potentially make another All-NBA team this year, regardless of the numbers. You know, if the Knicks keep winning and he is by far, you know, the best player uh, overall, uh, another All-NBA selection is definitely on the horizon. But let's not skip past the man of the moment, <laughs> Mr. Big Show. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to stick. Um, Jalen Brunson, the $120 million man. He had the absolute game of his life last night, scored 27 points, had 13 assists, which was a career high, and seven rebounds, was all over the court, was affecting the game in so many different ways. Uh, really, whenever we needed a big basket, whenever there was a clutch moment, uh, challenging him to rise to that moment, he did it every single time. It was almost like, he was hunting out the single most important parts of the game to make an impact and coming through over and over again every single time. Again, every one of those assists were at a very key moment. Every one of his points, like he was really picking the spots. He wasn't forcing anything. It was all in the flow of the offense, hence the career high in assists. And the biggest moment of the game, which you might have seen me uh, share on my Instagram, was him hitting a three-pointer right in the defender's face to tie the game up at 120, uh, right at the very end of regulation. Um, so although we did end up letting uh, <laughs> the Hornets score immediately after that, uh, because Dennis Smith Jr., an ex-Nick, had a bit of an ax to grind, and even though he only scored 14 points, uh, he very much was not afraid of the moment and he did not want to lose that game. So down the stretch, they really leaned on him and, and he came through multiple times. Uh, you know, it was very impressive, honestly, and made me think maybe the Knicks should have tried harder to hold on to him um, in the Perzingis trade, but that's a topic for another podcast. Um, and honestly, it was just amazing because... Let's take a step back. By halftime, uh, we had scored 69 points. That's every game so far this season. We scored about 70 by halftime, which shows that there's no issue with our offense. We are, like, if we were to keep up that pace for the whole season, we'd be a top eight, top five, maybe even, uh, offense um, for the year. 
Uh, and to get to 69 points at the at halftime with only one player, Jalen Brunson, in double, fig- double figures and everybody else in single digits, six other players almost in double figures, it just shows that we have fully embraced team basketball. We have fully embraced this fluid leadership style where at various points throughout the game, there are moments and we are challenging our best players to step into those moments and to propel the team forward. And it has worked really well so far because we are currently undefeated in the garden, which is incredible. And we need to keep that up. We need other teams to fear coming into our house and know that at the very least they're going to have to fight for their fucking life to beat us uh, in our house. So it was absolutely incredible. Um, Honestly, I had my heart in my mouth uh, for the entire second half. Every time we managed to pull away, the Hornets just would not stop coming. And uh, I think we were up by 12 points six or seven times throughout the whole game. And every time it looked like we were going to blow the doors off and put the game out of reach, the Hornets would go on a run and just completely, um, you know, (laughs) give uh, every Knicks fan uh, in the building and watching around the world uh, PTSD from every single game that we should have won but didn't. That The 30-plus games from last season, for example, that we were within six points in the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter and lost. We, we, I mean, we won 37 games last year. If we'd even won half of those games, we would have easily made the playoffs and we would have been a very high seed in the East. So... I think my biggest takeaway is that, as I mentioned, the Knicks, my guys, our guys, have fully embraced uh, Julius Randle, re-embraced him as a spiritual leader. We have a legitimate floor general, a legitimate crunch time superstar in Jalen Brunson. RJ still hasn't quite put all the pieces together and is still averaging uh, 22 points a game, which is pretty incredible and then we have the unsung hero one of my favorite players in the league uh mitchell robinson just absolutely crushing it uh he had six blocks i believe and was everywhere on defense and every time he came back into the league or into the game should i say there was a significant shift in the defensive intensity he was a planet you know, <laughs> with his own gravitational pull. So it was another amazing win. We're three and one on the season. We actually have had a, a stronger start to the season than the current NBA champs, the Golden State Warriors that are cu- currently sitting at two and two. But as I mentioned, uh, Friday night against the Bucks and Sunday against the Cavs are going to be our two biggest challenges to date. The Bucks are a legitimate finals contender. So if we could go into their house on their home court and RJ, maybe this is the week where or the game where he has the 37, 38 points, 42 points and just puts it all together and we shock the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, if we keep winning, there's only going to be a certain amount of wins and only a certain amount of momentum. 
only a certain amount of games that we um you know that we impress and you know play the style of basketball that we've been playing and you know continue to have this this uh just perpetual motion of our offense this this real grittiness to our approach to the game to our approach to defense the buy-in from the players to play the way that they have with the level of intensity and effort and dedication that they've played so far if we can can if we can maintain that for this first half of the season up until the all-star break we're going to establish ourselves as an underdog contender and um, now i know i'm sounding like a delusional Knicks fan right now but I've seen a, a team that is going to be a very hard team to beat on any, any given night and has not shied away from the moment. Has I mean, that very first game against the Grizzlies, like we probably should have won that game. And right now we'd be sitting at 4-0 and and the whole narrative would be different. But let's see how Friday goes. Let's see how Sunday goes. And uh, let's continue to... <laughs> make ourselves hoarse in the middle of the night <laughs> cheering on our guys and and uh you know what i'm right here for it you'll be taken there every step of the way and um, you're right here on the roller coaster with me so buckle up and get ready because it's going to be an incredible season okay with that said let's i can't I still have to work on a better transition and um, let's go a little bit into the book i've currently started which is thinking in systems uh by an author that i can't think of the name of again i will post the link to the book in the show notes um as the name might suggest it is a, quite a dense book uh, it's a it's got actually a pdf a lot of pdf attachments that kind of illustrate the very systems that they're trying to portray one of the examples that I found to be very interesting is this idea of filling up a bathtub, right? So you've got the stock or the control, which is the water line of the bathtub. You've got the input and the output. So it's the, the tap that's filling up the, the bath and you've got the plug that you can pull out and let water out. And just, they talk about the relationship between the input, the output, the flow of both and the, impact that it has on the control or the stock um you know as a result of all these varying features it's talking about fixed feedback loops variable feedback loops uh let's call them uh what was it like exponential growth and how, and really how to understand that from a scientific level um, and basically the the proclamation it kind of makes at the beginning of the book is like by the time you finish this book you're never going to look at the world the same way you're going to look at everything from you know that from first principles uh, and you're going to try and understand you know what is the mechanism what is the system behind you know like how the between you know behind what makes things work basically and uh it's still early on i'm only two hours into the six hours i think so i'll have more feedback as i go on but i was chatting to uh my friend andy uh today and one of the things i said about the book is that it's one of the only books that i've read this year that i actually feel myself getting smarter as i listen to it 
It's making me think about things in a slightly different way. It's making, it's giving me so many good examples of, you know, thinking in systems in practice. And again, I usually do need a little bit of extra time to digest uh, what's kind of going in or, or the input. And so give me a bit of time to finish the book and to meditate on it. And I'll have a much more detailed review, but at the end of the day, uh, for us personal development nerds, books that make us feel like we're getting smarter just by listening to them is exactly what we're looking for. And, you know, if you listen to enough audio books, if you read enough books, all in that personal development sphere, you know, we, we can only listen to so much hustle mode. We can only listen to so many inspirational heroes journeys. We can only listen to so many, you know, get shit done, uh, manifestos. But when you can really find the odd diamond in the rough that just is making you think of things a few layers deeper and giving you a perspective that you didn't have before you started that book and then ultimately makes you feel like you really are, you know, being intentional about the content that you're consuming and that you're getting an exponential benefit from it. I mean, I can't recommend this book enough. Again, only, I'm only about a quarter of the way in and I, as usual, can't remember <laughs> the name of the author. So I will link it in the show notes, but so far so good. I would say it's one of the most intriguing and compelling books that I've read this year. So finally, let's finish out with the time that we have left to bring back Craft Beer Corner. But I did mention that we would be doing this with a twist. So in this episode uh, of Craft Beer Corner, or this segment, I actually wanted to talk about something that some would argue was not even craft beer. Shock horror. <laughs> and talk about something that I've always liked, but have gotten a lot more into in the last couple of years. And that is the black stuff. <laughs> the best thing the best thing that has come out of Ireland since Irish people themselves, and that is Guinness. So a bit of backstory. Uh, Guinness, for me, I've always had this perception that it's a bit of an old man drink. Uh, it's what you have with your dad while you're watching the rugby or the football in the pub. You maybe have one or two pints and then you, you know, move on to the crafty stuff or to whatever else you want to enjoy. Um, but this, in this last year and a bit, um, I blame you, Leon, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I have definitely acquired the taste for it. And uh, it's actually something that I genuinely look forward to. Uh, again, one of the things I haven't talked about with Sober October is the kind of idea of sacrifice and you know, not to make too fine a point of it, but I've definitely kind of removed a certain level of socializing uh, from my life these last few weeks. And there was nothing more exciting <laughs> than finishing up a hard, week, hard week's work uh, with the lads and going to Toners or across to Mars, across the way, shout out to both. Uh, no free ads, uh, please sponsor me. <laughs> um, you know, and just having a nice creamy pint of Guinness while kind of letting off some steam and discussing everything that's gone on that week. And, um, you know, we, uh, for all of you Guinness aficionados, I, I will say that I'm still, um, you know, 
getting there. I wouldn't consider myself an expert just yet, but I do follow people like the Guinness Guru, and I am surrounded by <laughs> fellow fellow degenerates that are <laughs> that are super into Guinness. So I'm I'm aware of the badge of honor that comes with splitting the G, which is to you know for the uninitiated is the attempt to with your first mouthful because apparently the first mouthful of any guinness is the best part you take a big ass gulp and you try to get exactly between the g on the glass and that split that has to go the whole way across the guinness letters lettering written on the glass now it's very hard to do and oftentimes what you'll do is you'll actually gulp so uh, enthusiastically that you'll miss it by a mile and you'll be a bit halfway down your point. Um, <laughs> so in my mind, it, it kind of is a genius marketing ploy by wh whoever in Diageo that came up with it because, you know, clearly you'll have to drink it faster and it will result in you having to try again and again and again. <laughs> but, you know, there's a, some, some element of pride um, that goes with, you know, knowing that this is, you know, truly a very unique Irish experience. The idea of, you know, right now, especially coming into the colder time of the year, you know, when you're in an old man pub, a crusty old man pub in front of a wood burning fire, maybe some live music playing and an crisp, cold, creamy Guinness sitting there on that table waiting for you there's nothing better it like if you want to get the essence the magic of dublin the magic of ireland and kind of <laughs> you know the the true sense of what uh, makes ireland dublin and irish people as a whole so great the magic is in uh the bottom of the point of again uh the bottom of of a point of guinness now, uh, stumbled over my words a little bit there and probably didn't get that across the way that I'd like to, but I have to admit, uh, it has become one of the more enjoyable beer drinking experiences that, um, you know, when I'm not doing Sober October, it's something I definitely look forward to to end the week. Um, I will stand over the fact that you will not find a good pint of Guinness outside of Dublin. Come at me anyone from outside of dublin i stand by it and um, you will not find a good guinness anywhere outside of ireland that is for damn sure and um, i even found a place in new york the last time i was over there called slonja which is obviously irish for cheers and uh their logo was a pint of guinness and it was still shit so uh yeah um there's definitely a certain level of quality that you can expect there's definitely a certain, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I can talk about beers every single episode, you know, in Craft Beer Corner, but the single greatest thing about having a few pints at the end of the week with your friends um, is actually the company. It's the company that makes it. It's it's the same with food. You know, it, often it's not even what we're drinking or we're eating. It's the time and the company that we're spending it with. And uh yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, next week, um, you know, there's a lot going on work-wise and personally. Um, looking forward to returning to uh, <laughs> to at least having the option to enjoy a creamy Guinness at the end of the week. 
Um, again, just to, to call myself out, I really will be aware going forward that I do want this to be uh, more of a lasting behavioral shift. So I think I'm going to aim more towards every second week or it being more of a once in a while thing because, I mean, not to put, again, not to go too much into it because we did talk about it a lot in one of the previous episodes. You know, this sober October experience has been pretty incredible so far. Um, it's not been as hard, as as difficult as I thought to, you know, remove alcohol entirely from my life. Um, it definitely, like I'm seeing better results in the gym. I'm seeing better results on my overall energy levels. I'm, you know, my my head is clearer when I wake up in the morning, uh, especially after the, not having nine points on a Friday. But, you know, there is something to be said for the social aspect that I have not spent a minute uh, basking in this month. And I'm looking forward to reintroducing that in my life, even if it's in a more passive capacity, uh, capacity going forward. So that's it for this week's episode, guys. A little bit shorter. Um, I was going to uh, bless you with a extended maybe one hour episode, but I decided I'm going to hold off until maybe uh, Saturday's episode or Monday's episode to do that, just because with these two big games coming up, I feel like I'll have a lot more to share. And I also want to continue with Thinking in Systems, uh, the book that I'm currently listening to, um, to give you a more in-depth kind of review. And also uh, just trying to think of ways to add as much value as possible in the given time, because even at 30 minutes and you guys returning for every episode, it means so much to me. And I want to be respectful of that time and make sure that you are getting as entertained as humanly possible. So um, thank you again for all of the support so far. Um, I've been getting some incredible feedback. Uh, I'm checking the analytics every time. I know I shouldn't, uh, but it is great to see that the same hundred or so of you are coming back every single time to check in with me and take this journey uh, with me. Uh, It means the world. Um, We really are building this together. Um, there's so much more to come, uh, which that could be the episode or the the topic of next week's episode. I will give you a little bit more of an insight into the roadmap of what's to come with the Irish Knicks fan podcast and all of the the uh, media properties and other things that we're building alongside it. Um, but again, thank you so much for your support. You're uh, you're all such legends. <laughs> uh, I'm really enjoying this. Like genuinely, like it, it makes my heart full. Uh, to be putting this out into the world for you guys to enjoy. And uh, until next time, let's go Knicks.